Please listen carefully. Hey folks, this week we have Dr. Jackie Halpern, a psychologist who specializes in PTSD, sleep, and specifically sleep hygiene, or those habits that we should all try to do our best in terms of getting ourselves prepared for the best sleep possible. As we know, sleep matters a lot. We cover a a lot of little tidbits about sleep and some very tactical things to get better sleep. Um, We cover things like the stages of sleep and figuring out your sleep cycles. Uh, We talk about uh, having anxiety or worry and how to uh, deal with that in terms of getting better sleep and getting ready for sleep, um, including relaxation exercises. Um, We talk about things like ambient, melatonin, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, all of those substances that um, can absolutely affect sleep. We talk about gender differences and um, talking about uh, how to deal with real life stuff like having kids uh, who don't sleep as well and whether naps are actually good for you or not. So we cover a lot. Uh, I I really think you're going to enjoy this episode because it applies to all of us and uh, no matter who you are you can probably get better sleep so hopefully this spurs you to look at your habits and go ahead and take care of yourself and uh, as you can hear right now there are trains going by because our box is right by train tracks so you'll notice that throughout the podcast so um, don't worry we're safe but uh, you will probably hear some trains going by no kids this episode just trains But I know kids love trains, so maybe we'll get the two of them together. Okay, enjoy this episode. Hey, hi, everyone. This is Chris Blentis, and you're listening to CrossFit Connor Radio. And with me on the phone is Dr. Jackie Halpern. Thanks for for talking with me, Jackie. Oh, no problem. So the first question I thought so that listeners could get to know you is if you meet someone for the first time, let's say you're at a party or something, what do you say? Uh, well, I usually say that uh, I'm a psychologist, um, and right now I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I have been trained and keep up on my uh, my literature for psychology. And do you have a specialty within psychology that you focus on? Yeah. Yeah, I tend to focus on uh, mood and anxiety disorders um, with a specialty in post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's usually usually what I stick to. Mm-hmm. Can you give us, uh, so where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania in a, a little town called Schnecksville um, in the country. <laughs> so mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. And when you were growing up, did you think, or, you know, did you always want to be a psychologist, um, you know, going up through high mm-hmm. school and college? You know, no. Um, at first, I wanted to be a teacher like my mom when I was younger, and then um, I took psychology as an elective in uh, in high school. I think maybe in my junior junior year, and mm-hmm. uh, I decided that I really liked it, and I was um, that's what I decided I wanted to major in in, in college. So that's how I got, got there. That's funny. Well, and um, so you know uh, Jamie Zuckerman, and she's mm-hmm. been on the podcast 
sooner uh, earlier, and I think she had a similar revelation in high school. She took an elective, and uh, really and realized that she wanted to go into psychology. Um, so high school matters. That's the lesson there. High school elective matter. Um, so, so where did you go off to college and and then grad school? Um, so I went to undergrad at Alfred University. Um, it's a small university in Western New York by the Finger Lakes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I went to LaSalle University uh, for my grad school and graduated in 2010 with my doctorate. Gotcha. And is that where you had specialized in PTSD? Uh, yep. Yep. Um, the, the program at LaSalle was more of a general program, but um, I did some work with uh, Dr. Foa, who is uh, the leading psychologist in treatment of PTSD, and she happens to be in Philadelphia. Um, so I did um, a practicum with her at her lab and was trained by her and her staff um, to treat PTSD. Gotcha. How did that come about? Like, how did you narrow it down to PTSD, that that's what you wanted to focus on? Um, you know, that's a good question. I I kind of gravitate, gravitated to the anxiety disorders um, when I was in, you know, in my early uh, stages of grad school. And, um, you know, I happened to get the opportunity to work with Dr. Foa and uh, get trained in prolonged exposure, which is the gold standard treatment for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, after that, I didn't really look back. Um, and I worked at um, the VA in the VA system for my internship and for my postdoc, um, working with vets with post-traumatic stress disorder and sleep problems. Mm. Gotcha. So, yeah, so I don't, so I thought, um, we could actually talk about sleep in general. Um, the, the PTSD, obviously that's a more focused area, but, you know, something that I noticed with coaching and, talking with people who do CrossFit, um, and we're talking about, you know, just kind of everyday people, right? But um, I noticed this theme of a lot of people have trouble sleeping. Um, And so, you know, we have talked before uh, about sleep, and, you know, I got to know you through CrossFit at CrossFit King of Prussia. Um, And so I thought I would have you on here just to talk in general about some best practices in terms of sleep. things that people can do at home to prepare themselves for better sleep, why sleep is important. Um, and, yeah, and actually, maybe we'll start there. So, you know, why why do we need sleep? Um, why is it important? How does it affect us? Maybe we start big picture-wise. Sure. Um, well, you know, you spend about, I think, a third of your life sleeping, so you should probably uh, – focus on that and make it a good third of your life. That way you can function in the other two thirds of your life. Um, Insomnia Mm -hmm. is actually pretty awful, you know, when you have it and it affects about 30% of adults and it's the second most common health complaint after pain. So it's a really, it really is a big problem that a lot of people will experience um, throughout their lives. It may not stay around, you know, if you're having stress at work or something like that, you may experience, you know, periods of insomnia. Um, but it really does um, increase your distress and decreases your quality of life when you're not getting good sleep. Um, and if it, it can affect a, a whole wide array of things like your mood, 
Um, you can mm-hmm. experience depressed mood and maybe feel even more anxious. Um, it's hard to remember things when you're tired. Uh, it's hard to stay alert also. Um, there's been some studies of uh, sleep deprivation and people who have not slept uh, are act as though they are drunk and are as dangerous mm-hmm. as drunk people while driving. Um, so it's really important in being alert and paying attention. Um, and obviously you're just going to feel tired throughout the day if you're not sleeping well. Wow. That is a staggering statistic that 30% of people are affected by some sort of insomnia. Can you, um, define, you know, it doesn't have to be technical, I guess, but you know, when I think of insomnia, um, I'm supposing that there are ranges of insomnia from, you know, not getting any sleep to, you know, getting very little. Is is there a range of of that definition? Sure, sure. Um so there's also so there's um three different kinds of insomnia. There's the people who can't fall asleep, there's the people who can't stay asleep, and the people who wake up too early. Um Okay. And uh you know, within that there's it can be kind of transient or like a really small episode of just like one night or it can be more than that um in order to meet the diagnostic criteria for insomnia you have to have it at least three times a week for at least three months um to be diagnosed with technical insomnia but um otherwise you know people can suffer from insomnia um and some people will you know still sleep but will wake up and have trouble going back to sleep and um, not get a refreshing sleep. Can you, okay, so can you talk about refreshing sleep? Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure people are have at least heard about different stages of sleep and whatnot, but um, can you talk about, you know, restorative sleep versus um, and how that relates to the number of hours, et cetera? Sure. So, you know, sleep is a really individualistic thing, um, so people need different amounts of it. So if you're a short sleeper, say you only sleep like five hours, but you feel refreshed afterwards, that's okay. Um, you don't need to sleep 10 hours to feel refreshed. It's all about um, how deep sleep affects you. Um, so there are four stages, I think, of sleep, and then there's REM sleep, mm-hmm. rapid eye movement sleep, which is the deepest sleep where you have dreams and such. Um so usually I think a sleep cycle takes about 90 minutes for the average person mm-hmm. to go through. And, um, you know, your your goal, I think, is to kind of multiply 90 minutes by, you know, how many hours you have, you know what I mean, like how long you want to sleep. You know, right. that way you go through right. the cycles and you're waking up at the correct spot. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're, if you're just getting stage one and stage two sleep, um, really light sleep, you're not going to feel necessarily refreshed, um, which is a problem. And, you know, the the deeper sleep is where you tend to get that restorative sleep. Yeah, I had done an experiment like that where, um, and I'd read this somewhere, where you take a, a day where you can sleep in, uh, so like a weekend, mm-hmm. and you, and this is uh, definitely before having a kid, but um, <laughs> I I basically did not set, so they say, you know, don't set an alarm, uh, just sleep until you wake up naturally, and then figure out, you know, divide that by about 90, 90 minutes, right? 
And mm-hmm. uh, from there, you can kind of calibrate whether you're a, a slightly longer than 90 minutes or slightly less. I was slightly less. Uh, I think my, like, average cycle was uh, around 80 minutes. And so mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't diligent all the time with it, but there was a point after that where I would set my – I would do the math and figure out, okay, you know, how many cycles can I get in this night depending on when I need to get up and then multiply that by 80 or 81 minutes, something like that. Um and I, I definitely notice a difference. I mean, like I said, I, I don't do that every night, definitely. Um, and now owning a gym, I'm kind of forced uh, to a, a tighter schedule. But, yeah, right. it, I definitely notice a difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, um, sometimes you can feel really groggy or it's really hard. You know, it's hard to get moving when you wake up right in the middle of something uh, when you're sleeping. Absolutely. Is there a um, – I've, I've used this phrase sleep paralysis where I will wake up by the alarm or, you know, someone waking me up and I, I feel like I can't move. Like I need a a good minute or two to just lay there because my limbs are are just not responding. Is I mean, have you heard of that or am I just making yeah, this up yeah. for myself? I, I, think, uh, I think that is definitely a, a thing that can happen. Um, a lot of times, so I can't remember which sleep cycle it happens in. I'm pretty sure it's REM. But when you're dreaming, mm-hmm. you know, you're, mm-hmm. that you're, you experience sleep paralysis. So you're not really moving. Like your eyes, your eyes are moving, but the rest of your mm-hmm. body um, usually isn't. Um, right. So if you're woken up in that state, um, you might yes. have trouble moving then afterwards. Yeah. It, it, you, yeah. Whenever it's happened, it's rare. But whenever it's happened, uh, it's a very vivid dream that I'm mm-hmm. just suddenly kind of like taken out of. And so, um, yep. Yeah. It's like, it, it feels like it's a, a out, out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, cool. Um, so we have these different stages of sleep. We, um, obviously the goal is to get to that deep sleep. Um, and out of those three types of insomnia, you know, where, People can't are having a hard time getting to sleep, staying asleep, and then waking up early. Do you see a more prevalent um, uh, or a group of people, or you know, do you see a majority of people tend to have trouble getting to sleep or or staying asleep or waking up early? Um, you know, it just it just depends. Um, so a lot of people who are feeling anxious or stressed out might have trouble falling asleep. Um, mm-hmm. cause they're laying in bed, worrying and, you know, thinking about things and getting themselves more stressed out. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's a, a really common one for people who have, um, you know, relationship stress or job stress or something like that, that's going on like a, an, you know, an incident that's going on in their life. I think a lot of times they'll have trouble falling asleep. Um, mm-hmm. so I would say, you know, I would say that's probably the most common um but you know you, you'll see the people with all sorts of you know some people will have trouble staying asleep because they're having nightmares or um things of that nature too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it really it's really like i said it really individualistic and really just depends on what's going on with the person because Got sleep it. is affected sleep affects everything and everything can affect sleep as well right Right. Um, so 
let's let's say someone um, is worried or they're having you know anxious anxious thoughts as they're going to bed. Um, what would mm-hmm. you tell them to? Um, what would be some things that they could do? Um, practical things that they can do to kind of calm themselves down and and get to sleep. Sure. Um, well, so I would recommend if they're worrying about something in specific um, or they're worried that they're going to forget something uh, that they have to do, have a notepad next to your bed um, and write down all of the things that you need to do or the things that you're worrying about. Um, and if you wake up in the middle of the night and worry, just do the, take out your paper, write it all down. Um, that way it'll be there. You know, you're not going to forget about it, but at least you had, you know, a chance to get it all out and then you can um, focus on it tomorrow in the morning. Um, so that's one one constructive thing. Um, another thing uh, that you could practice is doing some relax- relaxation exercises um, while you're in bed. You can just do simple breathing exercises where you focus on taking really big, deep belly breaths and then blowing them out. Um, or you could do something mm-hmm. more like progressive muscle relaxation where you tense muscles and release them or meditation. Um, there's a bunch of CDs and, you know, apps and things like that that could help you with meditation or progressive muscle relaxation. Um, so those are two really good concrete tips um, of things that, that the worriers could do um, to get better sleep. Mm-hmm. Got it. And is there anything, let's say, on the opposite end, you have someone who's waking up early. Um, and not like, you know, a half hour early and it's 5.30 when they set their alarm for 6 and they can just get up and start doing things. But let's say someone's waking up at like 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're laying there, um, you don't want to be in bed for more than 15 to 20 minutes when you're not sleeping. Um so if you find that you wake up, you know, I know it doesn't sound great to do, but if you find that you wake up and you're laying there or if you're worrying or something like that um, and you're there for 20 minutes and you still haven't fallen asleep, you need to get out of the bed and then go somewhere else, do something quiet. Um, not, And I wouldn't necessarily turn on devices either, but, you know, find something quiet to do elsewhere. Um, and after, you know, you start feeling sleepy again, go back to bed. Interesting. So is there, so is the reason why you don't want more than 20 minutes because it's just going to prolong uh, sleeplessness? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then also, when people, two-part question, and then also does it apply sure. to people going to sleep? Yeah. Okay. So yes, it applies to people going to sleep as well. Um, and you don't want to uh-huh. link being in bed with feeling and with any negative emotions. Um, so a lot of times mm, okay. people will w- worry when they wake up in the middle of the night or, you know, they'll be upset that they're not sleeping, you know, and then, you know, I really have to get mm. to work tomorrow. You know, I need to get six hours of sleep and, you know, on and on and on in their heads. And that rumination in bed will link being in bed with you feeling anxious and nervous. And you really want your bed and your bedroom to be a calm place. You know, you don't want to have those things in bed. It's a worry-free mm. zone. You want to just be able to go there to sleep. So the reason you don't want to lay there is because the longer you lay there, the more you're thinking about how you're not sleeping and the worse you feel. Mm -hmm. 
So the same gotcha, applies gotcha. when you're going to uh, bed. You want to make sure you, um, you know, if you don't fall asleep within maybe 15 to 20 minutes, you know, maybe it's not time to be in bed. Maybe it's time to get up and do something quiet again until you're ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that you're not a fan of TVs in the bedroom. You know, I'm not going to throw stones because I watch TV before I go to bed. But um, <laughs> if you're if you're you're really having trouble sleeping, you know, there's gold standards that you can do. Right. And one of them don't don't turn on the TV, don't turn on your phone. Um, I've gone mm -hmm. sometimes when I'm having trouble sleeping. I've gone as far as taking electrical tape and putting it all over things that have lights. Um, because mm -hmm, they're shining mm -hmm. in my face, and that really is obnoxious to me if I wake up in the middle of the night. So I'll put tape over everything, all of my electronics, so that I can sleep without lights. Um, some people need to turn away their alarm clock so they can't see what time it is. Um, I, on the other hand, need right. to know what time it is. Otherwise, I lay worrying about what time it is. So for me, if I just check the clock and then go back mm -hmm. to sleep, it's fine. But some people will worry about it, so maybe okay. turn your alarm clock away. Right, right. Got it. So, right. I mean, plenty of people will 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 agree. You know, screen time is not conducive to sleep, but um, it's especially important if you are having trouble falling asleep. Um, you know, I I definitely look at my phone before I go to bed, even if it's just to set the alarm. But you know, typically it's that last like scroll through Facebook or you know checking to see who's coming into the morning classes. Um, but mm -hmm. I also have no problem falling asleep almost immediately. Um, so I don't feel like it affects my sleep because I've always been, I, I've always been able to fall asleep almost immediately. Um, mm -hmm. But if I was having trouble, I would imagine that taking away that screen time would help. Right. Right. And, you, you know, social media and um, TV shows, they're all very stimulating. You know, you have a lot of reactions to those. Mm -hmm. So um, you mm -hmm. really don't want to be having, you know, extreme emotional reactions while you're in bed. You know, if you see something on Facebook that kind of ticks you off, then now you're upset mm -hmm. right before you go to bed. Right. And again, that's not, that's not where you want to be. You want to make sure you have time to wind down and calm yourself down. You know, you can't go to the box at nine o'clock at night and expect to go to bed when you're done. Um, you know, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. people who are, are having trouble sleeping, you need that time to wind down. You need a bedtime routine. Um, something, you know, like you would do for your kids, you know, you give them a bath, you know, you brush their teeth, you read them a story, mm -hmm. you put them to bed, you know, adults still need that kind of thing too. It, you know, it doesn't end when you, uh, when you turn 18, you need that kind of routine and structure. Right. Are there other things that you would recommend in terms of that routine? Um, you know, I don't know. If, I have a question about like, you know, whether melatonin is recommended or uh, things like magnesium. Um, and you can also add on top of that, but I'm wondering if there are other things that um, people could work into a routine. Um, you know, it's it's really specific, you know, to what you like to do. I don't know. I like to read before I go to bed, but you have to make sure that you're not reading anything. Again, if you're having trouble sleeping, you don't want to read like a, you know, a thriller right before bed. Um, uh -huh. It's just whatever uh -huh. works for you to kind of calm you down at the end of the day. I don't know whether some people, again, like to take a shower before bed or a bath. 
you know, make yourself relaxed, get cozy. Um, you want to make sure your room is cool and dark. Um, uh, and as for, as for um, you know, magnesium and stuff like that, I don't, I don't know a ton about that. Um, I know you, you've used it in the past, and anecdotally I've heard people right. say good things about it. Um, so that, that's as far as I'll comment about that. But there is some, some uh-huh. research that I've seen about over-the-counter meds like Unisom and things like that. They don't really produce any uh-huh. effect um, on sleep besides placebo effect, which means, like, I took a pill, now I'll feel better kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's hard right. to, for so me to say whether or not yeah. it would work. I don't, I don't know the research behind magnesium and um, that sort of thing, but at least the over-the-counter counter stuff, um, I've seen some research on saying that it's not really all that effective. Gotcha. Yeah, like, I mean, like the, the magnesium and stuff like is, that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, magnesium. Uh, the most fit, the most common one, at least in the CrossFit world, would be like Natural Calm. Is more of a um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a relaxant, basically. So um, some people find, anecdotally, I've heard some people find it useful for for sleep. Um, so that's the only reason I mentioned it. What about um, melatonin or, um, you know, again, you know, other, you know, that's not really my area of specialty because we don't tend to necessarily recommend that sort of thing, you know, when um, we do, when psychologists treat, you know, a lot of people will want to have like sleep meds like um, Lunesta or Mm -hmm, Ambien mm -hmm. and stuff like that to help them sleep. Um, Right, right. But those are actually, you know, less effective than uh, than the sleep hygiene things that we're talking about, you know, it, and the benefits of sleep hygiene last longer than the effects of medication. Mm-hmm. And if you're taking if you're taking the uh, Ambien or anything like that for more than like two to four weeks and can't sleep without them, then that's that's a problem. So um, right, right. I yeah, well, Ambien. Uh, I mean. I don't. I don't claim to be an expert on it. I've heard plenty. I've heard experts talk about Ambien specifically. Where um, I listened to this podcast on Rob Wolf's podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. he had uh, Kirk Parsley on, Doctor Kirk Par- Parsley, who was a Navy SEAL doc. So basically, he was a Navy SEAL, but then he became the doctor for the Navy SEALs. And these guys would be popping Ambien's like candy, and right. It, you know, from from his stories and from what he saw, it it was, you know, they were sleeping, but they weren't getting the quality sleep that they needed, and so these guys were like zombies, basically. Right. Um, yeah. You know, no, sleeping so meds it, can it, be addictive, you know, and, and you need to take more of them to get the effect um, that you're you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would mm-hmm. personally not recommend. To do that, I would recommend you try to work on right, sleep right. hygiene, which is, you know, the, the fancy word that we use to describe working on your sleep habits. Um, so I would recommend working on that before you even approached um, any kind of medication, whether it be even even melatonin. Okay. I don't I don't know, you know, the, how that would affect you or not, but I th- I would say that you can do mm-hmm. some concrete things yourself without having to add the, these extra things in before trying, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any medications. 
Gotcha. Uh, so you had mentioned a cool dark room, and so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's just an easy thing to look over in terms of temperature. Um, it, how does temperature matter? Like what? Like what is it about a cool dark room that really changes things? Um, well, I, I think it really just that, prepares. If there's any other? Details. Yeah, I think it's. I think that it really just prepares your body to sleep. Um, you know, it slows down your respiration. You know, when you're cool, you're not, mm-hmm. your body, your your nervous system isn't activated, right? So you're kind of calm and um, mm-hmm. kind of sets you up for the physical state that you need to be in um, in order to get some sleep. You know, you don't want to be all sweaty and, you know, and right. have a whole lot of light yeah. shining in your face because um, your body... Um, responds to the, the sunlight. That's why people who work um, night shift have such a hard time sleeping during the day. You know, those people need like blackout curtains and that sort of thing um, because your body naturally wants to be awake when the sun is up. Right, right. So third shift workers, do you, so besides blackout curtains, um, you know, do, are there any other considerations for third shift folks, should they sleep right when they get home? Um, I mean, obviously that's not an ideal situation, but um, right. is there anything that changes, especially when you're working through the night and then you get home and, you know, the sun's out, but, you know, that's your time to sleep? Yeah. Um, again, you just want to make sure that the room is dark and that you have adequate time to sleep. I think a lot of times people who work third shift um, don't give themselves enough time per se because they'll want mm-hmm. to get things done during the day or they have kids or people that they'd like to see during the day. Um, so they don't give themselves the, I mean, maybe they don't need eight hours, but you know, they don't give themselves the time to lay down for that long um, in order to get sleep. So it's important to, to schedule your sleep, especially if you're working third shift. Gotcha. Do you see a uh, a difference between men and women in terms of uh, the amount of sleep needed or uh, the amount of insomnia that typically a, a gender would have? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, is there a difference or is it about evenly distributed? Um, no, women uh, tend to suffer from insomnia two times more frequently. Uh, than men. And the older you get, the more likely you are to um, suffer from insomnia as well. The older you get, the more likely you will suffer. Yep. Is there a, um, do do they figure out why that happens or? Um, You know, a lot of things get in the way. As you get older, you tend to have more medical issues. so those kinds of things may get in the way. Um, sleep apnea and things like that are, you know, more common, I think, as you get older. Um, so, I th- and you tend not to, when you're older, you tend not to necessarily hit all of the stages of sleep, I don't think, as, as well as you do as you're younger. Because when you're a baby, um, your sleep cycles are much different from when you are an adult to an older adult. Um, the amount of time in your cycle of sleep changes as well as the amount of time, sl- like, babies have more deep sleep than adults do. 
Um, so mm-hmm. as you get older, the deep sleep, amount of deep sleep decreases. Gotcha. Does that uh, does that similarly happen for teenagers? Uh, I mean, I'm imagining as babies, obviously, it's all about growing, right? And then as teenagers, they hit that growth spurt. Um, I mean, is this why teenagers sleep more, or, or at least you know seem to sleep more and, and need sleep and and all that? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, teenagers need a lot of sleep. Um, there's also a lot of brain changes going on when you're um, a teenager too. So all of that, you know, uh-huh. consolidation in your brain and you know your body needs all that time to to grow during the during while you're sleeping. So. Yeah, it's absolutely really important for teens to make sure they get an adequate amount of sleep. You know, I know there's a always big, they want to stay out late and what have you, and then they end up slipping right. in. But um, an, a really important consideration is that even if it's the weekend, you really need to still wake up at the same time and go to bed at the same time. I mean, you can have deviations, and obviously teenagers are a little different, but as somebody who's having trouble sleeping, you can't just sleep in until 10 o'clock on Saturday if normally you wake up at, you know, six o'clock for work. Um, having a consistent sleep schedule will help you sleep. Gotcha. Yeah, because a lot of people will say or will kind of naturally wake up early on weekends and wonder why they didn't take advantage of the weekend, but then come Monday they're groggy and can't get up. But I have to imagine that's because of the inconsistency of weekend schedules and, and waking up at different times, right? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's always good to have a fairly consistent bedtime. I mean, you don't need to be down to the second or, you know, down to the minute. You can say with like a half sure. an hour, you know, either way. But, um, you know, keeping a consistent bedtime and then keeping a consistent – I think the hard part is usually the rising time because people want to sleep in on the weekends because they all feel mm-hmm. tired. Um, but if you wake up on the weekend at the same time that you wake up during the week within, again, say a half an hour – um, you'll probably be better off than mm-hmm. you would be if you tried to sleep in. So what about a situation where, let's say, you're out for uh, a party or something on a weekend, and mm-hmm. you're so you're definitely going to bed later than normal. It, should the person focus more on the amount of keeping the amount of sleep but just shifted um, to later in the morning where they wake up, or is it, like, no, I'm going to wake up at the same time, even though I'm going to get less hours of sleep. Hmm. Well, it really just depends on the person. Like, for example, I naturally wake up at the same time, you know. So even if I go to bed at okay. 2 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to be up at 6, um, no matter what. So for that kind of person, you're going to wake up at the same time. Um, so gotcha. you're just going to be a little extra tired. Um, for the other kind of people that can actually mm-hmm. sleep in, I wouldn't recommend sleeping in too late. Um, you know, if you feel like you need to get this, you know, if you you normally need like seven hours of sleep to function, I would try to get as close to that as possible with not sleeping in super late. Um, because, you know, the, gotcha. the more fatigue you have during the day, the more likely you are, you are going to want to try to take a nap. And if you're having trouble sleeping, napping mm-hmm. is the worst thing in the world for you. Can you talk about that? Why sure. it's the worst um, Or why it's not a good idea? Well, napping in the daytime really just throws, th- 
throws off your sleep schedule because now you've kind of had a little restorative piece of sleep and now you want to go to bed at the same time, but you've already used, you know, taken some sleep. Um, so you're not necessarily tired at bedtime then, which makes you feel, you know, frustrated and now you can't go to sleep and now you got to get to work or whatever you have to do the next day. So it starts that cycle up again. Mm. Um, so if you're not sleeping well, I wouldn't recommend napping. I'd try to just power through um, if you can. Um, and if you really do need that nap, if you, you're not going to make it, um, you got to nap before 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and then you can't nap for more than 30 minutes, even if you want to. Um, you really don't want to take a long nap. Brief naps are are better because um, the more you get into that deep sleep, the harder it is going to be to wake up from your nap, and then you're probably going to feel groggy mm-hmm. for the rest of the afternoon as well. Gotcha. Do naps matter less for people who can have regular sleep or adequate sleep during the night? Um, is it yeah. detrimental for those folks? No. I, I mean, if you're sleeping fine and you need to take a nap, um, I I don't think that it would be a, a horrible thing for you to do um, as long as you are sleeping fine. I mean, all the things that I'm really talking about in terms of, you know, like avoid this, don't do that. It's for the people who are actually having right. trouble sleeping. You know, you know, you want to eliminate gotcha, these, gotcha. these bad habits um, if you're having trouble, but if you're not having trouble, then you don't really need to, to worry about it. You know, someday you might have trouble and you might have to revisit your say napping habits or, um, your rising time and bedtime habits, or even your amount of caffeine sure, sure. or nicotine that you use um, and when you use them. It's another thing that you can yeah, change. Uh, yeah, that was actually, that was definitely something I want to talk about. So, you know, you get a lot of coffee drinkers and CrossFit, including myself. Um, does caffeine, how does caffeine play into all of this? Uh, alcohol, nicotine. I mean, we don't see as many smokers, but, um, you know, I I imagine avoiding nicotine and alcohol as much as possible, but then the big kind of um, X factor would be caffeine. How does that play into into waking up and drinking caffeine right away? Um, Alcohol at night, how does that all play into it? Sure. Um, So caffeine and nicotine are both stimulants. So they will make you awake and um, make it hard for you to go to sleep. Um, so I would recommend not using either caffeine or nicotine at night if you're having trouble sleeping. Some people might even need to stop um, drinking coffee or what have you midday in order to get good sleep at night. Um, and that's something mm-hmm. that you can experiment with yourself figure out what works for you. And I and it's important to remember even things like iced tea have has caffeine in it. Um it's it's lurking like in mm-hmm. I think chocolate also has caffeine in it. So you really have to look at what you're right. right. what you're taking in in order to say, okay, I'm I'm not gonna eat or drink X, Y, and Z after such and such a time in order to go to sleep well. Um I think a lot of people will reach for the coffee in the morning because they haven't slept well. Um and, you know, that's fine as long as you're not, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of research depending on, you know, how many cups a day you drink and all of that stuff, whether it's good for you or not. Um, I just think that you need to right. stop at a certain point of the day in order to get good sleep. You just can't, you can't drink 
10 cups of coffee <laughs> throughout, you know what I mean? Like yeah, drinking yeah. coffee all day long in order to right. stay awake and then expect to go to sleep at night because it's not going to work. Right. Well, if you're right, if you're using it as a crutch to stay awake, that's, that's actually not a great reason to drink caffeine. Right. Um, right. I mean, there's a lot of, um, a lot of pretty, pretty good research showing that coffee does have some benefits, but um, if people are using it as the sole, you know, kind of driver to their day and, and staying awake, that's, that's probably not a, uh, a good reason to drink it. Right. Um, Cause that, and then there's, I think what you were referring to is the half-life for caffeine. Everyone is different in terms of like how much it kind of dissipates from your body. So the more you drink it, the more that half-life builds up and the more it stays in your system. So it obviously can affect sleep. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, you know, if you drink too much, it'll lead to a really an uneven or a lighter sleep, which is the opposite of what, you know, you're, you're looking for and alcohol kind of does the same thing. Um, it may help you fall asleep and unwind, but it's going to lead to fitful and, um, not refreshing sleep. You know, you're not going to get that deep sleep that you're looking mm, for, mm-hmm. for what a, you know, cause that's the effect of the alcohol. Um, so, you know, if you're going out Got drinking, it. you know, you, you can expect not to have a great night of sleep, which is, you know, it's fine every once in a while, you know, to have, to have that sort of thing. And, um, but if you're having trouble, that's definitely one thing that you can eliminate before bedtime. Um, and I would say you should give the, uh, the alcohol enough time to get out of your system. So for every drink, it should be about an hour before bedtime, I guess would be my recommendation. So if you have one glass of wine, you need okay. at least another yeah. hour before you go to bed for it to get out of your system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great rule of thumb. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. That totally makes sense. I notice if I do drink, I don't drink often at all, but if I do, um, I, like, so let's say we go to a wedding or something, um, I will wake up earlier on my own the next morning, but mm-hmm. then throughout that next day, and it's, and it's not hangover related, it's, it's, I just feel like I'm in a daze, and then that next night, I, I don't sleep as well, so I wake up the following morning. So two mornings after, you know, uh, let's say a wedding, um, I will feel mm-hmm. just terrible. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And that, and that's that's the alcohol leading to the poor sleep the first night. And then, you know, your body has to uh-huh. kind of recalibrate the next night and you still feel kind of like you, you can when you don't sleep, you feel kind of hungover. You know, you get a headache, you feel really yeah. tired, you're not, you know, your movements aren't as quick, you know, and if you want to. If you want to cross it really well, it's not going to work out so great for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to parents with young kids? Either, you know, uh, so basically I'm, I'm wondering if you have any advice for those who have uh, those little people that, you know, they, that the parents can't control in terms of crying and, waking up in the middle of the night. So that wakes the parents up. Um, mm-hmm. is, is there anything yeah. they can do or, or is it just kind of like throw your hands up and kind of deal with it for the however many months or years that they have little ones waking up? What would you say um, to them? What would I say to them? Oh, I feel your pain. No. Um, 
<laughs> I think it's. Yeah, you have two I little think, ones, so. Yes, yes, I do, and one of mine was up last night with a bad dream. So you know, even through as a parent, you're going to experience interrupted sleep throughout your children's lives. It doesn't end just when they're when they be no longer infants. Um, the best thing that right. you can do as a parent is, um, you know, so if you're say a nursing mother, you know, go nurse the child and then put them to sleep and then have kind of like a little, a mini bedtime routine again for yourself that you would do in order to get back to sleep yourself. If you're having trouble going back to sleep. Um, so the faster you can get yourself back to sleep, the better. So instead of, again, like checking Facebook or, you know, doing sorts of things like that, you know, do something else in order to fall back to sleep. Um, you know, cause the quicker you can get back to sleep in the meantime, while your kid is sleeping, um, the better, uh, uh-huh. And, you know, as a, as a parent, you're probably going to be tired, <laughs> um, but you can work with the time that you have to sleep. Um, and it's important to try to, again, get back to sleep as quick as you can so that you can get some sleep. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's only so much you can control, right? So right. do your best to, right. yeah. and what you can control and, Got it. Um, so we're coming down to the end, but I was wondering if you had any other uh, tips, tricks, things people should know or be aware of for sleep. Um, anything we didn't cover? Um, you know, the one thing that I didn't really mention that they, we kind of focus heavily on when we're talking about sleep hygiene is that um, – your bed should only be really reserved for two activities if you're having having trouble sleeping, and that's sleep and sex. You don't want to link um, being in bed with being frustrated or angry or anything. Um, so you want to mm-hmm. be able, you know, those are the only two things that you want to do while you're in bed um, if you're having trouble sleeping. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't don't go to make bed sure. Right. Yep, don't go to bed angry because you're going to be wait, you know, you. Know, frustrated and ruminating on that and um, no fighting in bed with your significant other. And that's another thing um, is um, significant others can also pose a problem um, in your sleeping as Mm. well. Um, You know, if they snore or if, you know, you bump into each other or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you really have to decide what's important to you. Um, in order to get good sleep. I know a lot of people will sleep separately if they're having trouble sleeping. Um, not the decision that you have to make if your partner is, uh, is a problem for whatever reason, or if you're, you know, you're having a problem with your partner in the bed, you need to go sleep somewhere else so that you can get sleep. Or if you have a pet that sleeps in the bed with you and constantly wakes you up, you know, you really need to make sure when you're having trouble sleeping, that you make the decisions that best serve your sleep. Mm. Yeah, that's, so that's an interesting consideration. So have that conversation. Uh, and it sounds like from your perspective, it, it's, it's whatever is right for the couple, but have the conversation in terms of what's best for, for them. And if it means sleeping separately and it, it, because that's what would be the best decision that, that you would encourage that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 
I know some people that have sleep apnea and they have sleep apnea masks and they're really loud and obnoxious and maybe now the other partner can't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to, right. you know, make right. sure that that you're doing what's best for both of you. That way everybody gets sleep because nobody's happy when nobody's sleeping. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that just all brings it back to the beginning where sleep affects everything and everything affects sleep, right? Yep. From a, Absolutely. from a, from a training standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, um, you know, a lot of people come into the gym looking to lose weight and, and really that means lean out. But, um, we know that sleep affects cortisol levels, which, you know, is a, a hormone uh, related to stress. And so if you're not getting a lot of sleep, then your body is going to retain fat and it's, it, you know, you might have your nutrition in order, but if you're not getting the sleep your body needs, then, um, you know, you might not be able to change that body composition the way you want. Um, so that's something that, you know, we talk about a lot, um, that it's not just about working out. It's not just about nutrition. Um, those are the two main things that people see and they, and they know that they should change or can change. But I think sleep is a huge factor um, in terms of overall stress, but then also down to things like body composition. Um, it can it can really change things. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And sleep is, you know, one of the is also is sleep is a habit, just like um, you know your nutrition um, and your how you want to work out and things like that. Um, so it's it's a learned habit. So you can you know unlearn those bad things that you're doing, and you can really make big changes in your sleep um, if you take the time mm-hmm. and the effort to do it. Right. Right. Something you got to do, so you might as well do it the best way you can, right? Right, right. And, you know, it's it's fairly easy to do some of these things. It's not like, you know, you have to go out of your way to to do some of them. You know, just making sure you're sleepy before you go to bed is, is really simple, you know. It's not, they're not, oh, you know, you don't have to go to the gold standard to um, start having better sleep. You can start with, you know, small steps and see how that affects you. Yeah, sometimes I think when, you know, we, we talk about best practices with a lot of things and it comes to, you know, down to training and nutrition and sleep, um, sometimes that can almost be too intimidating to think that you have to do all of these things to be, you know, quote unquote perfect. But, you know, I, I hate that I, idea of perfection or being perfect because there really is no such thing. And so it's more about just taking some steps towards and thinking it more on as a journey or as a progression or, you know, finding progress, finding something better. If uh, you find that you're not getting great sleep or again, relating it to training or nutrition, like you don't have to be a hundred percent paleo just because you see someone else that seems to be, you know, they're probably not, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's more about changing what you can work with in the moment. Right, right. Yeah, and again, you don't have to change everything to see an effect. Like you said, you just have to maybe just start somewhere. You know, like it's just like going to the box the first time. You just have to work, walk in the door. That's all you have to do to get started. So if you want to change your sleep, all you have to do right. is just be in, invested in doing it, um, be motivated to change. 
Yep. I love it. Um, there were so many good tidbits. Uh, I'm going to have to look over my notes just so I can learn what you said versus um, trying to think of what I want to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you – so is there anything – Anything else before we wrap things up? Um, I do. I have two completely unrelated questions, but just um, just some fun questions for you. Nope, nope. I think uh, that was all. I, that was all the main points that I had. Cool. So my last two questions are. Um, so the first thing is related to a book, a movie, um, a podcast, you know, some sort of media um, that mm-hmm. you would that's like a must read or a must watch, like what book or movie should everyone see or read? Oh man. In general? Yeah. Just in general, like totally not related to sleep. Uh, just, Oh goodness. Um, you know, I read an awful lot, so it's hard for me to say one thing, you know, what to pick one. Um, you know, I feel like my favorite series that I've read lately were Game of Thrones and the Outlander series. So I would recommend those as things that people mm. can read. <laughs> okay, very relevant as we await season eight <laughs> for uh, Game of Thrones. Uh huh. Where everybody dies. Probably, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> I thought everybody was going to die this season, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last question what thing or things are on your bucket list? Because I'm always looking for bucket list ideas. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, I don't really have a whole... I, I mean, I would really like to travel, but um, not a whole lot of yeah, okay. uh, bucket list items. I feel like, travel? I feel like um, you've hit a couple of them. I'd like to go like to Iceland or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd like to go to Australia. Um, yeah. But... Mm-hmm. But I haven't had a chance to do those yet. They're, you know, on my uh, list of things to do when my kids get older. <laughs> yeah, that's why we call it a bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't been to Australia either, but that's that's definitely on our list. Yeah, I just but, feel like yeah, it's so long. Always to get looking there. for ideas. That's, that's like, that's my uh, that's my <laughs> problem. I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, it takes like twenty four hours to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's on the other side of the world. It's crazy. Yep. well uh thank you for your time uh we we probably we went longer than i said we would but um i i feel like it's such a a big literally a big part of our life because it's a third of our life that we should that we're sleeping but um something that a lot of people struggle with so yeah your your expertise was uh was invaluable um thank you is there any place if people want to get in touch, uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, do you want them to go through me or is there a place they can find you? Um, yeah, they can just go through you. You have my, um, you have my email and my contact information so they can just go yep. through you and I'm happy to answer questions if they have questions yep. or send, since I'm not actively practicing awesome. right now, I'm happy to um, send them referrals to people who, who are, if they feel like they need more help than uh, just advice. Uh, for their sleep. Perfect. Okay, Jackie, thank you so much. Yep, no problem. Hey, folks, thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. 
If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, uh, tag us on social media using hashtag Kana questions, K-A-N-N-A questions, and we will look for those and use them for future podcasts. Until then, have a great day.